This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. to the heat a couple weeks ago catastrophe as bad as it gets it's the kind of loss that gets a coach fired as we've seen kind of loss that completely changes your outlook on a team and the direction of a franchise terrible awful Stephen a smith voice however however i have found a silver lining and and, and the silver lining is not the benefit now is not outweighing the fact that the Bucks lost. Of course, I would have liked the Bucks to advance, chase a title. I'd love to still be talking about Bucks games. However, from a mental, spiritual, emotional standpoint, I am in such a great spot these days. I go home after work, watch the Brewers. If the Brewers get blown out, oh, everyone's hurt. Ho-hum, go to bed, wake up again, do it tomorrow. There's just no stress in my life right now. There's no sports stress in my life right now. I was talking with our former friend, Ben Kenny, a couple weeks ago because his Phillies were having a rough go in the second round, or his Sixers, not his Phillies. Although his Phillies had a rough go in the World Series, I guess. He was telling me how the games were so stressful. I'm like, dude, I think the NBA playoffs are the most stressful thing to be a part of as a sports fan. The NBA playoffs, man, it is brutal. The stress and every other night, you're basically just sitting on the couch chewing your fingernails off. It's terrible. And I, of course, wish the Bucks were still playing, but the West Bend silver lining of, of the Bucks no longer playing. I go home and I, I have no stress. Watch the Brewers and call it a night. I'm, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining that we went through weeks ago what Celtics fans are now going through or what Lakers fans are going through. I'm glad I don't have to deal with the stress. Of course, I'd prefer that my team is still playing, but there's no sports stress in my life right now. And maybe you're in the same spot. And it is great. Is it not? It's the best. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having an awesome night and you've had a great day so far. We have a couple things tonight that I want to get to. I wanted to get to them last night. We didn't talk about the Bucks coaching hire at all. Right? I had it, I had it written in. We were gonna get to it, and then all of a sudden Cone Rollers calling in and and Pete from Monona is listing his five best ballparks. And Tony from Texas is telling us about how the girl he's dating just wants him to put up wallpaper. And then it's 530 and the show's done. So my bad. Hand up. That's on me. I got to be better. I got to be better. Rest in peace. Coach Bud is the Bucks coach. We're going to talk about the Bucks coach at 430. And I don't care who calls and what they bring up. We are talking about Adrian Griffin and the Bucks new coach coming up at 430. I want to talk some Brewers at 5 o'clock. They lost last night. What's new, I guess, at least recently. We'll get to them and their injuries and the roster shuffling and some interesting statistics with our brewers and, and kind of where they're heading and where they're trending. Not great. I don't want to spoil too much, but it's not it's not it's not sunshine and roses right now with the brewers. So that's coming up in the second half of the show. 608-796-2558. If at any time you'd like to call, text, join the conversation, I would love to have you. And you can always find me on Twitter, of course, at Wisco Grant, not just during the show, but Anytime, anywhere, uh, I would love to fight online because that's really the that's really my favorite thing to do. I stayed up too late last night. I made some bad choices, and I was so good on Monday night. Monday night, I was in bed by ten thirty. I was up at six thirty. I went fishing. Yesterday was productive. I seized the day. I didn't burn any daylight. Last night, 
I was playing League of Legends, and we just kept winning. And you can't quit on a heater. You got to play until it's actually too late to acceptably play any longer or until you lose. So we just weren't quitting on a heater last night. I stayed up too late playing League. And then before bed, I wanted to watch an episode of Andor because I'm trying to watch that show right now. But the episode that I watched, I was going to watch one episode before bed. And the episode that I watched was the pre-heist episode. They've been planning a heist. And I thought that the episode that I was about to watch, I thought the heist was going to be in it, but it was all pre-heist. So I needed to then watch one more, watch the heist. Great episode. And now all of a sudden it's 1245. So I woke up this morning feeling not rested at all. I opened Twitter and we have a new Aaron Rodgers story. And I tweeted out this morning, like, I'm not prepared to handle this yet. I was, it took me to like 9 a.m. to wake up. Match Nineman of the Athletic. Here is the headline. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers long succession. Quote, just tell the truth. You wanted to move on. Unquote. Oof. I woke up and saw that. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to need a little time. Rub the sleep out of my eyes. Try to remember when did I go to bed? About one. Oh yeah. Okay. Let me get some coffee. Let me get up and stretch and I'll get to this article. Took me about two hours waking up, a couple cups of coffee. And I was finally right to read it and start my day. There's some interesting tidbits. There's some quotes from Rogers. I was definitely interested. I was definitely entertained. It was an enjoyable read. I don't know that we learned anything brand new. And I saw some folks commenting about it today, mostly on Twitter. It's like, oh, so Rogers was mad about the Packers drafting Jordan Love. Wow, great story. I know we have stories about the stories and then quotes about the quotes and sources commenting about the sources. But this is sports, right? If you like sports and you like following along with sports, then you'll read every little detail and you'll read every comment. You want to know what every source has to say. And maybe you don't. And if you don't, well, then this article probably isn't for you. But if you're wanting every little detail and every nook and cranny of of the roster and the team in the front office, there's a few tidbits in the story that you might find interesting and a few tidbits that are probably worth discussing. Number one, the more we learn about 2020 through 2023, the last three seasons that Rodgers was in Green Bay, the more we learn about that window of time and the more we hear from Rodgers and the more we hear from certain entities in the Packers front office and around the league, this was 100% about the Packers drafting Jordan Love. 100%. And Rodgers came back and gave that long press conference about, well, it's about the people and this team needs to take care of its veterans. And he, he brought up Brian Bulaga and, and Josh Sitton and all these guys throughout the years that the Packers let go. And it, we need open communication and we need to take care of our vet. And it's about the people. Sure. All great. But this was about Jordan Love. This is about Jordan. It was only about Jordan Love. If, if Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy did everything exactly the same from 2019 to 2023, but don't draft Jordan Love, it's fine. None of this ever happens. If Gutekunst is still the same prickly, impersonable, non-communicative exec that Aaron Rodgers makes him out to be, but that same cold, calculated, non-personal, incommunicative exec doesn't draft Jordan Love, then I don't think Rodgers cares about the lack of open and honest communication and and the harsh treatment of veterans. I, I don't think any of that comes to the forefront. I don't think I don't think there's commentary or frustration from Aaron Rodgers on any of those things if the Packers take T. Higgins in 2020 instead of Jordan Love. And it's the same with 
Mark Murphy. Like, I don't think Rodgers would have had a problem with the Packers front office if not for the Jordan Love pick. Now, deep in his mind and deep in our minds, like, we all have things that we would like to be different at work, right? Work is not perfect for anyone. That's why it's work. That's why we're paid. And people say, well, do what you love. You never work a day in your life. Okay, yeah, it's great to love your job. I love my job. But there's days where I'm like, oh, my God, I got to talk about Brian Anderson's reverse splits. Are you kidding me? Like, even if you love your job, it's still work. Even if you are a multi-time MVP quarterback, and even if you play for a historical franchise in Green Bay, you've won a Super Bowl, it still works. So, of course, Aaron Rodgers would probably prefer that his boss do this differently or little, but they would be little things. They would be complaints that you would tell your wife when you come home from work. Not the type of things that you call an impromptu press conference where you go scorched earth for 20 minutes. I don't think any of that ever happens. None of these things ever become talking points if not for the Jordan Love pick. And I guess Rodgers is is fair to feel that way. They drafted his replacement, and Rodgers is frustrated by that. But I, I don't want to I don't want to lose sight of the ball here. I don't want to lose sight of the puck. This is about Jordan Love, and we've heard details about the way the front office operates, and this and that, and the other thing. That's fine. Those are all small potatoes, and I don't think they ever come to the forefront through Rodgers or through anyone else, if not for the Jordan Love pick. And we need to remind ourselves of that. That was very clear in Matt Schneider's piece earlier today. Maybe not new information, but but an, another strong reminder that further cements my my opinion that this was only about Jordan Love and everything else was just just planets in a solar system. Like little things, but not the thing. Thing number two that I wrote down, and this is a far less serious thing, but a, a thing that I found funny. Shout out to Russ Ball. This part of the story made me made me smile. So Matt Schneidman here is describing the time post-2021. So after Rodgers came back and did his whole scorched earth press conference. So he's talking about from that point on. And I'm going to read you from the story. The Packers believed privately that both parties had moved past the conflict. But Rodgers felt like executive VP and director of football operations, Russ Ball, who manages the team's salary cap, was the only member of the front office who took the message to heart. Quote from Rodgers, I mean, Russ definitely made an effort to be more seen, to be a better communicator, to be around more, to interact with the guys more. And I really appreciated his effort to grow and to listen to some of the things I was saying and try to make the culture and the place a better environment, Rodgers said. I thought Russ more than anybody, really showed that he cared and showed a lot of personal growth, and I give him credit for that. Massive W for Russ Ball. And I read this part and thought, wow, here's something that doesn't matter at all, but made me smile. This this made my day. Imagine Russ Ball opening up The Athletic this morning after one of his buddies said, hey, Rogers, Rogers mentioned you in this story, and he's going to read this. Son of a gun, look at this. He noticed. Russ Ball showing face around the facility and around the practice field. He probably just wanted a chance to get out of his office, an excuse to put his calculator away and, and go talk with football guys or go be present. And I just think that's funny. This has no bearing in the, in the grand scheme of Packers football and their culture. And but I just thought it was funny. And also I read that part and I'm like, okay, Rogers. So the salary cap guy said hi to you in the hallway. That's such a small thing that, sh- that shouldn't matter. And yet to Rodgers, it does. And I think it matters because the Jordan Love pick. Again, I don't think Rodgers cares about Russ Ball showing face and being around if the Packers never drafted Jordan Love. But a really funny comment and a small part of the story, but a small part of the story I found very funny because 
whoever talks about Russ Ball. And here he is getting credit for really taking Roger's words to heart, which I thought was just funny and awesome. And sports are supposed to be funny. They're supposed to be entertaining at the end of the day. Mark in Eau Claire says Russ is laughing his ass off too. Yeah, it might be. Like Russ is reading this like, what? That's what? I said hi to you in front of the vending machine? Yeah, you're, you're correct. Oh, my God. Final thing that I wrote down. Uh, this is thing number three. I guess we're counting them. I didn't. This wasn't a plan for me to count the bullet points, but I guess I have three things. Uh, one more comment in this story from Rogers that kind of made me roll my eyes a little bit. A comment on the topic of communication. That's a word we've heard a lot from Aaron Rodgers. We need more direct communication. I'm not going to answer my phone, but I want direct communication, right? And I'm poking fun. This has come to pass with Rodgers. He's no longer on the team. Right. We don't need to break down this too much. We're just having fun. Uh, Rogers' comment about communication and, and talking about the way in which the front office does their business. Here's the part of the story I want to read you. After the first practice of camp, Rogers aired his grievances, saying he wanted to see changes to the organization's communication and culture. According to Rogers, the communication between him and Gutekunst improved somewhat. Parentheses, quote, it still wasn't anywhere near what I've already enjoyed here with the Jets in just a few short weeks, Rogers added. I just think this comment is really funny because Aaron Rodgers sounds like a man who left his wife of 20 years, married his secretary, and is now loving life. That's what that's how this reads to me. And if you've seen Mad Men, I thought of the part of the show where Don's kind of not dating two women at once, but he kind of has this thing with Dr. Faye Miller, who is like a psychologist, an advertising psychologist who is working in the firm. And then eventually he blows her off to be with Megan, who is a secretary, and then they end up getting married kind of in, in short order. And Dr. Miller, Faye Miller, told Don Draper on the phone, basically when he was dumping her, she said, I hope she knows you only like the beginnings of things, right? The beginning is the best part. Of course, of course, the communication with the Jets is really good. You just got there, my brother in Christ. Like, you just got there. Of course, they're communicating with you. It's like leaving your marriage of 20 years because it's a loveless marriage. There's no excitement anymore. And then you run off with your secretary. Of course, it's exciting. She's 20 years younger than you, and everything is new and fresh and fun and great. And it feels like it'll never end. Trust me, it will. And this is me not saying that one day the communication between the Jets and Rodgers will go bad. But of course it feels better now. It's new. It's fresh. It's exciting. Right? And that's something we got to remind ourselves of. And something we'll need to remember all throughout the season, Packers fans and my fellow owners. This version of Rodgers was never again going to happen in Green Bay. Ever. Under any circumstances. It doesn't matter how communicate. They could have fired Brian Gutekunst which is apparently what Rodgers and David Dunn wanted years ago, and we learned that in this story as well. The Packers could have fired Brian Gutekinds, made Randall Cobb president of the Packers, brought back Jay Kumaro, brought back... It wouldn't have mattered. The Packers were not going to get this version of Aaron Rodgers, an Aaron Rodgers that's refreshed and motivated and excited. Goody, I think, realized that. When this offseason started and it became very clear that the Packers were okay with trading Rodgers... I think the Packers knew. They're like, well, yeah, Rodgers is probably going to go somewhere else, be reinvigorated, be re-energized. He's going to go to OTAs. He's probably going to play really well. And that was never going to happen in Green Bay. 
the version of Rodgers that the Packers front office wanted wasn't possible in Green Bay. It was never going to happen because he had been there so long. He'd gotten comfortable, maybe gotten a little bored, right? You do the same job for a long time, slow down, right? You're not pedal to the metal. You're not trying to climb the corporate ladder 20 years after joining a corporation. At least most folks aren't. Maybe the Tom Brady type player would be, but I don't think Rodgers is wired the same way that Brady is wired, and that's fine. We're all different people. This version of Rodgers that we're about to see, it might be great. He might win MVP this year. And I still think that the Packers were correct in the move that they made because Rodgers was never going to win MVP. He was never going to be the supercharged, refreshed, competitive Rodgers that we're going to see in New York. That wasn't possible in Green Bay. And I think the Packers front office knew that. We need to remember that and keep that in mind as well. Tony from Texas is here. 608-796-2558. What's going on, Tony? Grant, you have already hit three of my favorite topics to talk about. The oh. Bucks, the Packers, and Mad Men. But before we get into all that, spell quiche for me for the audience. Uh, Q-U-I-C-H-E, I believe that is spelled. Very good. Do you ever make a quiche? Uh, no, it seems very difficult. Uh, but I do like the flaky crust. I, I love a good quiche. It's delicious. It, just, it seems very labor-intensive to make. I'm out on that. Yeah, it is. I did one in home ec class. I thought I could, you know, get a girlfriend or something, so I got in that class. But anyway, you know, Mad Men, what's interesting, I'm more of a Betty fan. I don't know why he left Betty. Well, here, okay, This there's some great crossover here. I don't think, so once he left Betty... As the show went along, it's like, oh, Betty was the woman that was perfect for you all along. But in order for him to realize that, he had to leave her. And at that point, that relationship was done. So, like, as the show went along, you're like, oh, Don, you and Betty are so great together. But that's because they'd broken up. You could only realize that once they weren't together anymore, you know? Very, very Aaron Rodgers. Like, and I cannot believe that guy, Nick Vile from The Bachelor, dated January Jones. <laughs> Unbelievable. Right? Anyway, the guy's from Walker Stuff. That, that, that's hope for all of us out there. Hey, okay, Russ Ball, I think Russ Ball actually cares about this, and Aaron gave him a little shout-out. Yeah. This guy wants to be a GM. He wants to be a GM, not just a cap expert. So, you know, good for Aaron. I mean, Russ, I think, probably has earned a chance to be a GM somewhere. So I do think it means a little bit to him. Sure. I just, I just think it's funny. Like, when I popped open this article, the last thing I expected to see was Russ Ball actually, right. he actually was very, he started communicating right away. It's just funny. Of course, it's, it's a feather in the cap of Russ Ball. And if he has aspirations to be more than just a numbers guy, he's going to have to be very good with people as well. Well, what, what's funny is going to a uh, Taylor Swift concert back-to-back -back nights as almost <laughs> a 40-year-old man. Hey. That's, and you don't have a daughter. T-Swift is for the people. That, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Is Aaron trying to find a new date, a new girlfriend, or what's going on here? What if Aaron Rodgers and Taylor Swift started dating? Imagine how that would break people's brains. Oh, the world would explode. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That would be funny. He was with Miles Teller. He was with his, his friend group. Ah, there you go. There you go. Hey, uh, really quick about the Bucks, though, mm -hmm. with Giannis, and I heard you talk about this on the Bart Winkler podcast today. Uh, I do think that you know, I'm not a big. I, I know I've mentioned legacy before, and it it does to me personally. T Tony from Texas, I don't care about Giannis's legacy. Okay, I agree. I'm a Milwaukee Bucks fan, so let's throw that out there. I think it's cool. It's like Michael Jordan, LeBron. It's cool to see these guys that were transcendent in their sport. But with a guy like Giannis, who I believe we call the freak, right? The Greek freak. Mm -hmm. He is supposed to be the transcendent NBA player to last two, three, four years in the game. Mm -hmm. And to only have one title, 
And you and I both went to Catholic school, I, I believe. But do you I remember did. when the, the, the nuns would say, this is going to go on your permanent record, yeah. Grant? Yeah. It, it, the permanent record. I heard that all the time. It's going to go on your permanent record. Well, every year, these playoff losses are going on your permanent record, Giannis. And at the end of the day, when it, like Giannis likes to say, at the end of the day, someone's going to make a list of players, and Giannis is not going to be in the top five like he possibly can be if he would win a couple more rings. So, yes, it's a huge disappointment if Giannis does not win another ring. As a Milwaukee Bucks fan, I want Giannis to be a top five player because yeah. he's winning rings. And that's what it comes down to. Let's so, face it. So, you are talking about him in a top five context, which means we're comparing him against LeBron of and, all time. and Jordan and, yeah. and, and that crew. You're just talking about the last couple of years. I, I guess my pushback, and, and the Bucks have come up short, and it's been disappointing, but I, I guess to play devil's advocate here, point me to the player in Giannis's group currently that's winning multiple titles. Because Kawhi got one in 19, and then that was kind of it. He hasn't been back since. Giannis got his in 21. Right, the Warriors with Kevin Durant, but I think we all agree that that was a little bit different. So I think for for, for the context of today's NBA, Giannis is doing better than okay. almost everyone. I'm no glad, one's stacking rings. The super team era is over. I am glad you brought this up. This is why these elite NBA players, these athletes, they're just unbelievable, are so skilled at certain things. They're maybe not skilled at everything. Like Giannis can't shoot three throws. The guy's got enormous hands. And, you know, he's not a great shooter. But Steph Curry is one is probably the best shooter I've ever seen in my life. That sure. guy can literally pull from 35, 40 feet and nail it every time he's open. So Steph Curry is a guy to look at. But he has, Grant. but he, he had, he had one in 14 and then he won one last year. The other two were with Kevin Durant. And those, rings, those rings count, but find me where Giannis has had Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson on it. You know what I mean? Like, I think the Warriors for those two rings, we need to think of them separately. Okay. I, I agree with you on that, but Clay was on one leg last year, right? Could barely move around. Yeah, they was... didn't have the greatest team last year, the Warriors, and they won the title. And and Giannis could have, they could have beaten that Celtics team last year. They could have. Now I'm not going to blame Giannis, but that that's something that you know, a play here, a play there. Who's covering Jason Tatum? You know, stuff like that. Jason Tatum goes off on a game six. Well, we saw Jason Tatum in a game seven this year, and he didn't look so hot. So yeah. Jimmy Butler found a way to get it done. Jimmy Butler's been to two finals. I mean, think about that. Two finals. Yeah, and he doesn't have a ring, and, though. And, no, but he could have one this year. We'll he see. He could. Do you, and, think, they're gonna, point, do you think they're going to win this year? No, I, I would pick Nuggets. I picked Nuggets in six on your show, but I rudely got cut off last, last yesterday. Well, the Brewers, yeah, I'm sorry uh, about that. The Brewers broadcast. Oh, what's more important? You're sure the Brewers. Come I'm on. not in charge Brewers of the Brewers. Horrible. It's not like I have the Brewers button in front of me here and I can just hit it anytime I want. But to final the, to finish up the point, because I know you're, you're pressed on time, I'm Kawhi Leonard, one of the ultimate two-way players of all time I've ever seen. The guy's two-way, he's clutch. Mm-hmm. He, he can hit that mid-range like no other. KD, the guy's 6'10", 6'11", can, is the silkiest shooter you'll ever see. Uh-huh. These guys are elite, and they have rings. And, you know, LeBron James, obviously, transcendent player of the last 20 years. So Giannis can be that guy. Yes, he's, he, he's a soccer player that turned into an a NBA player, into an elite NBA transcendent player. Transcendent players need to win more than one ring. Otherwise, I, I don't know, you're, you're, you're just uh, uh, Dirk, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I mean that, which isn't bad. No it's kidding, not it's bad, not but bad. It's not bad, but you, you got to be up there with Tim Duncan. You got to be up there with these guys that are uh, just transcendent players. So 
I do think legacy means something as a Bucks fan, only because it means the Bucks are winning. All right. I appreciate you, Tony. I am woefully late for break, so I got to run. We'll talk Bucks coach next. All right. Hey, you motivated me. I'm going to go watch some Mad Men. Oh, appreciate so you. Good. Appreciate you. That's Tony in Texas. I mean, you mentioned Kawhi. You mentioned Kevin Durant. Kawhi has one ring when he was the best leading player on his team in 2019. His resume recently, very similar to Giannis's. Kevin Durant won two rings, but he did it in Golden State, and I'm not sure that he was the best player on that team. Right? So, Tony, I'm not arguing with you. I would have loved for Giannis and the Bucks to at least get, get to one of these finals. They were so close in 19. They were close last year, and Middleton got hurt, but they still had an opportunity to make it and, and to beat the Celtics in seven games. Totally. I guess I'm just asking, you find me the other superstar player that's that's compared to Giannis these days that has done better. Because other than the, the super team Warriors, that, that team, that player doesn't exist. Now, if you want to judge Giannis against Michael Jordan and, and LeBron, sure. But Michael Jordan's not playing right now, and I don't have Giannis anywhere near LeBron. So I'm not going to spend my time making that comparison. Three minutes, we'll come back, talk about the Bucks' new coach on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Talking about the new story Match Nightman put out this morning. Rogers had some comments, some details that maybe we didn't know, but also we kind of knew. And then Tony from Texas gave us a call and transitioned us beautifully into talking about the Bucks and their new coach, Adrian Griffin, who I wanted to get to yesterday. We just ran out of time. We had some fun calls. And then Eric on 990 was telling us about his weekend trip to Kansas City and the big railway station. And then it was six o'clock. I ran out of time. It happened. So if you want to talk Packers, love to have you. If you want to talk about the Bucks' new coach, love to have you. We are going to do Brewers in about a half hour. 608-796-2558. couple of texts here. Chuck in Onalaska. Hello, Chuck. Says Russ Ball, the next GM of the Jets. I don't know. Saw a lot of personal growth over the last couple of years, according to Rodgers. He really made an effort. So who, who knows? Randall Cobb for uh, general manager. Maybe Russ Ball can manage the cap. We'll see. I don't know. I'd say he's got the inside track, though, for sure. Mike from Chippewa Falls says, it's been said that real men don't eat quiche. I like quiche, and I don't care who knows it. I like quiche, too. A nice flaky crust, maybe some cheese, some eggs. Why did he bring that up? Oh, I think it's because quiche came up on the Bart Winkler show. The sister show to the Wisco Sports Show, apparently. A lot of crossover content. Cone Roller, 608-796-2558. What's up, Cone? Grant, happy Wednesday. Kind of feels like a Tuesday on this short week. It but does. Let's have a day. And it also, in a, in a weird way, kind of feels like a Thursday. No, that's wrong, actually. Yeah, it's Wednesday. It's, it doesn't It feels like a Tuesday. I know what you're saying. I'm all turned around, obviously. Yeah, geez. Um, yeah, yeah, not good. Sorry. So this, this Aaron Rodgers story, can we just talk about this for a minute? Sure. It's it's kind of like, you know, your first love. You know, it's an important love, mm-hmm. but it's not going to most likely it will not be the only love you have in your life. Sure. And you know, in that first serious relationship, you know, you don't really realize maybe how, you know, some how toxic it can be 
how bad some of the communication can be because, you know, you don't really know any better. Sure. And you're in love, and that makes everything great. But it, it's not until that, that second stint, that second relationship, uh-huh. where you really look back and you're like, oh, you know, that, that first girl – you know, we were fighting a lot. We didn't really even love each other. Our communication was broken down. So oh. I think that's what we're seeing with Aaron Rodgers between the Jets and the Packers. And did that article this morning really say anything that we didn't know already? Nah, no. He's mad. He was mad about Jordan Love. And I think everything stemmed from that. And, and we knew that. Now, if you if you want a new quote, if you want a new little tidbit, oh, sure. Okay, well, then, yeah, there's something in that story for you. But it's not like it was this big bombshell Mike McCarthy getting massages in the lunchroom during team meetings type of story. Yeah, and now we get another whole day of Packers media just breaking it down. And then almost playing victim, like, I hate to say Pete Bukowski, but Pete, you're saying you don't want to talk Rodgers, but he's forcing your hand. That's a bunch of BS. If you use that logic, you'll be talking about Aaron Rodgers till the day he dies. Bull, yeah, it's bull roar from Pete. Well, I don't want to talk. We don't need to talk about the story. Now, I have a two-hour talk show. I want a little Packers, a little Brew. Look, perfect. I can mention it at the start. Hey, here's a funny quote about Russ Ball. Oh, I think it's funny that Matt Schneidman mentioned in, in, in talking about the young wide receivers. He mentioned Watson, Dobbs, and Toure. I got a kick out of that. That's funny. But we don't need to do entire podcasts and entire two-hour shows on this story. It's, it's nothing like that. You do have a lot of stock in Samari Toure, and I, I love it. I'm here for it. Well, he's a Big Ten guy. I mean, he, he played very well against the Badgers. I, I'm just excited. I think we're going to get big things from him in year two. I cannot wait. And then I'm also going to have to push back a little bit on you saying Aaron Rodgers is a fake Swifty. Um, I think that. I, I didn't say that. that. I implied it. I implied. You heard what you wanted to hear. I might think that, but I'm not going to come out and say that because that's. I don't know that to be true. It's just a feeling I, I I'm might pretty have. Sure you, said it on your, you said it on your last week's show. I'll, I might have to go back and find the tape. Yeah. I'll put uh, my, my lawyer on it. Okay. He might be a fake Swifty. You're not willing to maybe maybe consider that? No, because, I mean, I saw a video three, four years ago of him singing some Taylor Swift, playing his guitar with Shailene Woodley. So he, Wasn't he playing I mean, Wagon Wheel? I don't remember that. Okay, well, that's a video I know how to find. So I'm no, looking at he was playing the one. He was playing the one by uh, Taylor Swift. So get your facts right before you, you come out still, of clean. You think he's, shut up. Do you think he still plays guitar? Or do you think that was like a one-off when they were in Hawaii type of thing? I think that was one-off. Kind of like, that's where I think you could use like the divorce dad analogy. Okay. You know, he just picks up a hot for like a quick two weeks trying to sure. forget about all the, the crap going on in his personal life. All right. But, all right. you know, we're less than one month away before Speak Now Taylor's version comes out. So John Mayer is going to be going through the ringer. So I just hope you're ready for it. And, you know, I might be the number one soldier leading that charge against John Mayer for what he did to Taylor, just an innocent 19-year-old when he was 30. So are we mad at her about the Matt Healy relationship? Because it seems like a lot of the Internet is. I, I guess I this is all new to me. We've never we've never blamed Taylor Swift for any of her relationships gone south. It's always been the man's fault. It was Jake Gyllenhaal's fault and obviously John Mayer's fault. And, I, you know, it's whatever. I just I want consistency. That's all. Are, are we going to get mad at Matt Healy now, who I learned the other day is the lead singer or the guy in the 1975. So I was today years old when I learned that. 
Um, I don't know what t- there is to be mad about it, but I- I'll take Taylor's side for sure. You're a anything. fake Swifty. Uh, You're a fa- you are being a fake Swifty for the sake that, of this no, argument. That is such BS. That I've been listening to Taylor Swift for close to 20 years. I mean, her first album came out in 06. I was listening to Teardrops on my guitar. I was listening Picture to Tim McGraw. I was listening to our song. Pictures to Burn before she took out the G word. I mean, only real Swifties remember that version, Grant. Oh, I, re- I actually, I do remember that. I remember that. Yep. I hadn't thought about it in a while, but that, yeah, I forgot about that. So come at my, my Swifty fandom and you're going to regret it. Okay. Well, we'll agree to disagree and that's fine. Uh, I do have to talk about the Bucks' new head coach and maybe I can use the Taylor Swift uh, analogy. I'll try. Do we blame, will we blame Giannis if this relationship goes south? Like we blame Jake Gyllenhaal. Correct. We do blame Jake Gyllenhaal. I thought you were going to say Taylor Swift. It was like Taylor Swift has never been blamed for anything ever in her life. He just... Which is fair. Okay. Well, this conversation is, is over. We'll speak more, but we'll speak more about this at a, at a later time. Well, I hope to speak now about it soon. I was but, trying okay. I was trying to make that work. It didn't. Thank you for landing the plane on that one. I appreciate you, Cone. Yep, absolutely. Goodbye, Grant. And, you know, maybe listen to a little Taylor Swift on your walk home tonight. Might be nice. <laughs> I would recommend Mirrorball off Folklore. That could be a good one. Oh. All right. Thanks, Grant. Yep, Cone. Appreciate you. Uh, I don't believe him. I don't... I, I believe that he's been listening to Taylor Swift forever. I think he is putting on the Swifty front for content purposes. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. It's just it's just a sense that I'm getting, Colin. I don't mean to slander you once you're off the phone, but I also said this to your voice, to your face on the phone. You know how I feel. Take a five-minute break. We'll come back. Bucks hired a new coach. So we'll speak now about it. Well, actually, we'll speak about it coming up next, but you get the Taylor Swift thing. Five minutes, and we're back. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. The show is off to a rockin' and rollin' start. Had some nice Mad Men discussion with Tony from Texas and some good Taylor Swift discussion from Cone Roller, who swears he's a Swifty, and I guess I'll take him at face value. I don't know why he'd lie about that, but part of me thinks he's trolling. Eau Claire Chris says, is anyone following this conversation? I have no idea what's going on. I replied on the text line. I said, you must not be a Swifty. And he said, I had no idea that was a word until this whole Rogers thing. Oh, uh, yes, that's what... Taylor Swift fans call themselves. Uh, that's how they identify themselves for when they need to band together to bully people online. Uh, that's how they that's how they find each other. That's how they team up. Uh, Rock and Rick chimes in. He has his doubts about Taylor Swift and Cone's fandom. All right, Rock and Rick, I, I see you. I see you. Mike from Chippewa Falls says, I recommend Al- Hollow by Allison Chains. Okay, so Mike from Chippewa is out on the, the Swifty. Okay. All right. I get you. We got to talk about this Bucks new coach because if I, if we keep kicking the can down the road, we're never going to do this. And all of a sudden, the season's going to start. We're not going to know anything about him. So we got to talk about Adrian Griffin. The final choices were reportedly Nick Nurse, Kenny Atkinson, and Adrian Griffin. And we went over these guys' resume last week. Every coach has an extensive resume. This is why I laugh when people are like Eric Spolstra 
worked his way up, worked in the film room and is an assistant. It's like every coach does that. There's not a, there's not a coach in the world who retires from the NBA and then's just like, I'm going to be a head coach. No, need to be an assistant here and then an assistant here and then here. A lot of these guys go play overseas or coach overseas for stretches. Like these guys work in lots. Of, their resumes are long. It's not just Eric Spolstra. The at-large candidates, Monty Williams, Doc Rivers, Mark Jackson. I guess they interviewed Mark Jackson. There was no Phil Jackson choice out here. There was no home run, dream, can't miss candidate. And I think we need to remember that when we talk about Adrian Griffin. Well, he's never been a coach before. That worries me. Well, okay, we'll find the the knockout drop-dead head coach that has been a coach before and has no baggage and has no worries about this, that, offense, defense, playoff adjustments. There's no perfect candidate. So, yes, he's a rookie head coach, and I think we're all skeptical of rookie head coaches right now because we've been watching Joe Missoula. But the actual recent history for rookie head coaches is not that bad. Since the NBA merger of the NBA, the ABA, five rookie head coaches have won a title in their first year. Can you name any of them? I bet you could. I got a few of these, and I'm not like a sports historian, memory, remember stats, remember history type of guy. Rookie head coaches to win a title in their first year. There's five of them. See if you can get one or two or three or four. So Paul Westhead, Pat Riley, and then a long, long, long time before it happened again, and then three times it's happened in the last 10 years. Steve Kerr, Ty Lue, and Nick Nurse. So it happened really with the Lakers, but it only happened because Jack McKinney got in a bike accident and Paul Westhead took over an unreal team, and then Pat Riley took over the same team, and we now regard Pat Riley as one of the best ever. So from the merger up until, like, 2015, two coaches had done it as rookies, and they were both kind of extenuating circumstances, and one of those coaches went went on to be, like, the best coach ever or one of the best coaches ever. So it used to never happen. Now it happens with regularity, although there's so much coaching turnover. There's so many rookie head coaches year by year. It's bound to happen more often now. Steve Kerr, Ty Lue with the Cavs, and then Nick Nurse with the Raptors in 19. Kerr coached Steph Curry. Ty Lue had LeBron. Nick Nurse had Kawhi, and a lot of luck. A lot of luck came together that year. Not to devalue that title. I would never. But there were some circumstances where it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense as to why that would maybe happen. Rookie coaches that have won titles in their first year have coached all-time greats or have turned into all-time greats themselves. Pat Riley, both were the case, right? Pat Riley is going to be considered one of the best coaches ever, and he was coaching all-time greats, right? And that's not surprising because teams don't win titles for the most part without all-time greats. You could talk about the Pistons, uh, really either iteration of the Pistons, although little Isaiah Thomas, Pistons Isaiah Thomas, not Celtics Isaiah Thomas. Probably one of the more underrated players in NBA history. But then the 2004 Pistons, they didn't have a superstar, an all-time great. Other than that, through the years, it's a lot of LeBrons and Kobe's, Duncan's, right? That's Steph Curry. That's who's winning titles, right? So it's not surprising that all these rookie coaches that won in year one, they were coaching all-time greats. Don't lose sleep over the rookie thing. It's it's an occupational hazard of, of the NBA coaches. Most of these coaches in the, in the league have been hired the last two or three years. The Bucks were taking some sort of risk with any hire, right? Nick Nurse and Monty Williams, well, they're proven. Okay, but they've proven to have shortcomings, shortcomings that we know about. They have a track record. Like, I remember in succession when Connor's like, I want to run for president. Pick me. Select me. 
I have no record, no experience, nothing to hang on me, right? No experience, that, that might not be a bad thing, but also no experience, We, you know, skeletons in the closet, right? No history of failure in the playoffs, no history of failing to make adjustments because that's the only thing anybody cares about these days is, can you adjust? Can you be malleable? The word malleability isn't used 11 months out of the year, and then every May, it's like the most common word, especially among basketball. Can you be malleable? When have you ever used that word before except to describe NBA playoff rosters and coaching decisions? Malleable. Malleable this show into your ear. I don't know. The Bucks are betting that they can take Adrian Griffin and buy into something before he becomes a thing. Right, buy into a coach with higher upside maybe than Monty Williams or Nick Nurse. Because we know the shortcomings of Nick Nurse, Monty Williams. In hiring Griffin, the Bucks are betting on upside, which I like. Swing big. I like that approach a lot because the Bucks need to find plus value. They need to plus EV, plus expected value at some point in this offseason. It's going to be really hard to do through the roster because they're really, really tight with money and with picks and with decisions around Middleton and Lopez. So this is one area that they can risk a little bit and try to find some upside that wasn't there last year. We'll see how it works out. It might be terrible, but also it's not, again, it's not like there was some insane can't-miss coaching hire out there to be made. There was going to be question marks no matter who they hired. Three minutes, we'll come back, put a pin in the Bucks coaching discussion, and then we'll talk Brewers at 5 o'clock. Wisco Sports Show, back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. People around this were incredibly impressed with how the Bucks went about this process. The fact that they traveled in person to every interview, like no Zoom, we're meeting in person, we're going to break bread. Obviously, Giannis was consulted in person. I, also, I was told, and just the thoroughness of the questions and the exact, it wasn't just, okay, give me the PowerPoint. It was, there was a great dialogue and back and forth. And a first-time head coach landing this job is quite a statement of faith in that in that person, in Adrian Griffin. Things you love to hear, that is Zach Lowe, Low Post, which I listened to on Tuesday. I started it to hear breakdown of Heat Celtics. And I didn't realize that he was talking about the Bucks coaching search at the end. And I saw some tweets, so I went back and got the audio. Things you love to hear. The league was really impressed with the way the Bucks went about their coaching search. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We're going to get cut off at 5.30 tonight because of the Brewers. So be prepared. I, I wasn't prepared. Yeah, I handled it poorly yesterday. I, I think I just let the show get cut off. I should have, you know, done a nice formal wrap up, but. What are you going to do? Live and learn. We're going to talk Brewers here in a couple of minutes. I really trust Bucks ownership. I really trust this ownership group to go all out, to exhaust every resource, to turn over every leaf. And they do have every reason to go all out. Like they're paying an insane amount of money for this roster with the salary cap and, and, and the luxury tax. And they're investing in the Deer District. This is not a, a passion project for them. They're, they're investing real money in this. Okay, and now years later, one of my favorite anecdotes from 2021, their title run is Mark Lazary going into the locker room after game two when they lost by 40 and basically being like, hey, what the hell? Basically confronting Mike Budenholzer. And then, of course, they turned it around and figured it out. I want my owner that invested and that dialed in. I don't want him to tamper. Don't want him to 
to do too much, but I, I want that desire to be there. I think there's this perception of the Bucks ownership group that they fly in on game days and then they get out of here. And, and maybe that is true. They don't spend all their time in Milwaukee, but the idea that they're they're not paying attention to the Bucks and it's just some money that they've thrown in for investment. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. They're, they're, they're dialed in on this. Now, I never wanted Nick Nurse. I don't think he made sense for the Bucks. Abrasive, defensive guy. I get Adrian Griffin was his assistant, but I heard Bucks fans all year like, oh, I wish we had Darvin Ham. Darvin Ham was Bud's assistant. So you never know the path that some of these coaches are going to take to finally become a head coach. I think Nick Nurse is the Jim Harbaugh of the NBA. I think he comes in, immediately jolts the franchise, jolts the team, makes an immediate impact. In 2019, he walked in, Kawhi Leonard, he walked in a Kawhi Leonard tightrope, essentially, is what he did, which has been proven to be impossible the last three seasons. Kawhi Leonard played 60 games that year in Toronto, which now seems like a ton the last couple of years in, in Los Angeles, 57 games, 52 games, 52 games. He played 60, and it felt like that year, nothing but load management. He walked the Kawhi Leonard tightrope, completely rewrote the book of Kawhi Lowry, or Kawhi Lowry, Kyle Lowry's playoff career. Like, he was thought of a loser, bad in big moments, and all of a sudden, after 19, he's this playoff stud. And then Nick Nurse wore out his welcome, very reminiscent of of Jim Harbaugh. The Sixers, I think, are a much better destination for Nick Nurse because the Sixers probably aren't looking for their forever coach. They're looking for a guy to come in immediately, whether Harden is back or whether he's not. Joel Embiid's in his prime now. The roster's ready now. Daryl Morey's ready now. Whereas the Bucks are probably taking a, a longer-viewed approach. The Sixers are very transactional. They've changed a lot of pieces in and out. They've changed GMs. They've changed head coaches more than once now. Doc Rivers is a relatively recent addition to the Sixers. They're okay plugging and playing. I think the Bucks are trying to build something a little bit more slowly, like a barge, very slow, keep on a, on, a, on a nice, safe trajectory over the next couple of years. Two minutes, hour number two of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next.